So hello and welcome to the 25th episode of the Spotlight Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Century 21 sales representatives in Canada, where we discuss the hot topics and important news in the real estate industry. So I'm your host, Lias Kilius, and with me as always is Aaron Richardson. Good afternoon. Aaron is a broker and general manager of Century 21 Heritage Group. Aaron has an extensive background in online marketing, technology, and customer service. And I'm the head of business development at the real estate marketing company, Homania. So Aaron, you missed conference. It was a really good one. I heard, I heard, but it was uh, for good reason. I had my uh, baby boy uh, just after conference. So it was a good thing I didn't uh, come down. It would have been pretty nerve wracking knowing that something could uh, happen back home. So yeah, for sure. And if you missed your son's birth, you'd be in the doghouse for the rest of your oh, life. So that'd be good. Yeah, we, we did replace you. Brian Russian was our, our co-host for the week. So one thing we learned is that Aaron is expendable. Yes. <laughs> no, you were sorely missed, and it's too bad we couldn't have you out there, but it was fully understandable. Yeah. Um, so this week, we've actually got some important news that we're going to go over. We, we haven't done a show in a couple of weeks because of Aaron's baby boy. Again, Aaron, congratulations. Uh, but you. today, we're going to go over a topic that has recently come into the limelight with an expose of sorts by the CBC. So a couple of weeks ago, CBC released a story where they showed the results of this undercover investigation they did in the real estate industry. They sent in people posing as prospective buyers without representation. These people were recording both video and audio of the conversation with the listing agent, and it showed that six out of the 10 listing agents that were caught on tape were in clear violation of the rules set out by RICO in Ontario on multiple representation arrangements by sharing confidential information with the buyer side. Promises of controlling the offer process to ensure that buyers got their home, promises of disclosure of the value of other offers, clear-cut violations of the Real Estate and Business Brokers Act were clear and plentiful. I guess the lure of double-ending deals outweighed their responsibilities as an agent. So it should be noted that CBC specifically targeted agents that had a disproportionate number of double-ended deals in the books. So the 6 out of 10 number may be misleading, but regardless, it is disturbing. So Aaron, can you go over the problem here? What exactly happened? Well, um, and you put it really well there. Um, the problem is there are agents doing this. And uh, obviously this undercover investigation um, revealed that. And so it was, you know, it was disturbing. It wasn't something that uh, that we as realtors uh, re- looking at the story know that this is, you know, we, we I don't feel uh, as a real estate agent that this is something that happens very often. But, uh, you know, you do know with 40,000 real estate agents on our board, there is that opportunity for people to take advantage of something. And, and it looks like there are agents that uh, aren't, um, you know, following the rules and the uh, and in this case, you know, hopefully they'll be disciplined. I don't think uh, CBC gave over the information, so who knows what will happen there. But, um, yeah, if there's people doing it, we got to know about it, and we have, to, we have to put an end to it. So what exactly did they do, and what rules did they break? Why don't we start there? Well, they were um, in, in, in real estate. Um, when you're selling on behalf of uh, your seller, and let's say somebody comes through your open house and a buyer comes through, um, and you want to represent both sides equally. It's called multiple representation. But basically, both the buyer and the seller are a client of the brokerage. 
um, not you as an individual agent, but of the brokerage. So even another agent can come through from your brokerage and be considered multiple representation, which means the brokerage has a duty of care to make sure that certain things aren't disclosed uh, in terms of negotiations. Um, and in this case, they were with uh, six of the agents. But um, certain things aren't disclosed, but you act fair and ethically for both sides and essentially put yourself as a more of a referee than a negotiator. Make sure that one side is, um, uh, you know, do you want to go up in price? Do you want, um, yes, I do. Or how much do you want to go up? Let's go up uh, another 10,000. Sounds good. I'll put it down on paper and that's it. Um, what happened in this instance is when we represent both sides individually, we may get uh, more money because we as agents can double end the deal and to get the buying side and the selling side, we'll make more commission. Um, so there might be a motivation to get a buyer to use you and to incentivize that buyer to use you, you're going to tell them, or in this case, they told them um, that they would do things such as share um, the information about other offers to make sure that they had the best offer, to make sure the other offers um, weren't presented as well as yours, um, that you're going to present to the sellers, the sellers would have a, or the buyers would have an advantage to, to, to get a better deal on the, on the property. Um, and these are things that are not supposed to happen in the industry. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but whenever there is thousands of dollars on the table in potentially double ending a deal, obviously there's going to be people, people that take advantage of the situation and the attractiveness of the money is going to outweigh their moral responsibilities and, and contractual responsibilities to both, uh, both sides of the deal there. Um, so I guess my first question is like, obviously there's the financial incentive there, but is, is RICO or other real estate regulatory bodies, are they doing enough to combat this? Because, um, there's, there's always the, the incentive to do something like this when there's money involved, but if the real estate regulatory body doesn't have enough teeth, then the risk isn't high enough. Um, for the agents to, to to not do this. So what what is the situation there with, with say, like RICO in, in the case of Ontario? Well, there's obviously a lack of respect, I think, from a real estate standpoint, a real estate agent standpoint. They, they don't respect the fact that they might get in trouble. They don't think there's anybody out there looking for this happening. They think they can get away with it. They've never heard of anybody else getting in trouble for it. So they're going kind of going, well... You know, the, the kid in the candy store, nobody's watching, there's no cameras, nobody's ever said no. Mom and dad turn their back and kid puts a little bit of candy in his pocket. He gets away with it a few times and makes it easy and then, and then nobody's respecting the parents or the, respecting the fact that there could be security cameras or anything. It really shouldn't happen, but, you know, it's going to happen if you just, you know, let, let people do it. Like Rico's, I'm not saying they're doing a bad job, but it's obvious that um, that they didn't put any measures in place in order to find out if this was a problem you know I, I don't is it a case of maybe rico not having the um resources or even the, the teeth in in say fines or repercussions too i mean that's the that's the question right i mean do they have enough resources do they have enough staff on on board do they have enough um investigators out there in the in the business and uh you know with the the with the uh, regulations and from the rulings that we've seen, it seems like you have to prove as an agent that another agent's doing something wrong for for Rico to to look at it. They won't do their own investigative work. I mean, it, they took in this case, it took CBC to come in and um, 
do an investigation on their own in order to find this out. Maybe Rico does need to have the perception that they do investigate, you know? Yeah, because from what I understand, it's basically they, they react to complaints as opposed to, be, I guess, being a bit more proactive. And and like I said, I don't think it's necessarily a, a Rico's fault here. It's no, more I'm... just a resource situation, too. And like everyone's resources aren't necessarily infinite, right? So it's not like they can go and investigate everything they might see as potential concern. But that being said, now that CBC did bring it to light, do we expect that we're going to have changes either in policy from RICO or other regulatory bodies across Canada uh, to make sure that they do take a bit more of a proactive approach on snuffing this kind of thing out? It does look like uh, RICO has put together a task force to look into the situation and to come up with uh, solutions. I know Trev has put task force into place. Uh, Toronto Real Estate Force has put in task forces into place to do the exact same thing in the past. And uh, uh, Rico either took some of those suggestions or didn't take some of those suggestions. The last thing came out of a task force was Form 801, which was uh, to prove the existence of an offer um, and how many offers that were presented. Um, you know that was that didn't. I don't think that was part of the the recommendations from Trev. I think that was actually something that they came up with to to try and solve um, another problem you know you know with phantom bidding and stuff but um, we just have to be careful I hope Rico is you know careful on, on how they um, look at the situation and they I think there are some changes that will be made and and should be made and what, what do you think those changes might be do you think we'll see any sort of changes in policy on multiple representation or dual agency across different provinces, not only Ontario, but I imagine Ontario is probably where it will happen first because this is where the expose happened. Well, we, we, we as, a, as a Century 21 heritage group, and I know other brokerages that have the same policy, have put policies into place because there is a lack of policy when it, goes, when it comes to the multiple representations from RICO. So we've actually adopted policies within our own brokerage. For example, if you have your own offer okay, uh, on your property, you're responsible to get somebody else to present on your behalf. And a lot of times it's a manager even that will bring in and present on the behalf of the buyer that's being represented and the other person will do the seller or vice versa. So there's an arm's length to make sure that uh, everybody's being dealt with fairly. Yeah, and that almost seems in the best interest of both the buyer and the seller as well. Because like you said, it, it's, it's tough when you're representing both sides like as yourself, because you you know information that you probably shouldn't. So how can you negotiate when you know both sides, right? Whereas if you at least have two different agents representing the buyer and the seller end, even though they are the same brokerage, which is technically you know the the multi-person representation situation, at least you have like that little bit more arm's length to 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 negotiate in good faith as well. So what right. do you do? You think that other brokerages, other agents should try and do something along these lines to make sure that they are not even accidentally making the mistake of stepping on on policy and breaking rules? Absolutely. I mean, I think uh, other brokerages I know have that policy. Other bro a lot of brokerages, you know, there's there's so many different models of real estate now. And, uh, the you know, because the models are so vastly different in terms of services they provide, um, they can't all have that policy and be able to implement it the way that the you know a full service brokerage does um having a manager present on your behalf i mean i don't know too many that would be able to have the resources to do that uh, we happen to have the, that resource but um it'll be interesting to see if that is something that rico implements and and how some of the big brokerages that uh, have lower service 
are going to be able to do that um, within their brokerage. Well, let's say you don't have luxury then of the resources of having multiple agents help you out in this kind of situation too. Um, are there any extra steps you should be taking as an agent when you are in a dual representation situation? Um, Absolutely. To, to, yeah. Like what, what, what can you do? What's the best thing, best way to go about it? Multiple representation situations and multiple offer situations um, is the combination of representing somebody um, on your, uh, that, let's say, came through your open house, so you've got your own buyer, and also have three other offers with three other brokerages. So those agents, um, and anytime you have that situation, it should be organized and um, it should be in person. And everybody, you know, brings a sealed envelope and hands it over and you let them know that you've got somebody to present on behalf of your client and disclose the fact that you have your own offer. And that's another thing that's not, uh, um, you do not have to, as one of the rules, disclose that you are um, presenting an offer on your own uh, on your own property. You don't have to disclose multiple representation unless there is a uh, commission advantage. And in that case, we have to disclose it the, of the com commission advantage, right? If people ask that you have your own offer, you get to say, yes, I have my own offer, but you don't have to disclose it unless you're dropping the commission. And in that case, the Business Broker Act states that you do have to disclose that drop of commission. Gotcha. Um, so when you are representing both sides too, how would you approach telling the buyer and the sell the seller this situation too like do you try and explain it in detail like how do you let them know of the potential pitfalls of of representing both sides because obviously there could potentially be a conflict of interest as we found out from what cbc has been telling us too well it's mandated too i mean we, we have to disclose the fact uh, to both the buyer and seller what multiple representation is and what that means so they know um, what uh, what they've signed in their contract with their listing uh, contract as well as the buyer representation. Um, and uh, so they know what the rules are. Uh, they're spelled out in there. And uh, if if my age, if I was if I was a buyer or seller, my agent was going against those rules, I would really call into the question the ethics and and trust and the honesty of my real estate agent where I really want to use them again if they're going to be that slimy and that that against the rules. And yeah, it's well, in a lot of cases, you might not even know, though. Like in the case of, of what CBC was, was telling us, they were giving the information to the prospective buyers to, to make sure that they would be the ones who got the offer. And I'm, I'm sure they weren't telling this to the sellers. Um, I, I'm not sure. Is there really anything you can do as, as the, the, the listing um, party to, to try and prevent this? I, I guess not. I guess maybe just be more oh, cautious. I say, yeah, so... So you're saying that the, the listing, uh, so the sellers of the property yeah. aren't aware that you might be giving um, the one buyer an advantage or in this case, um, not presenting maybe the, the other one fairly, the other the other yeah. agent's offer. Well, a lot of cases, um, I mean, there's things you could do, right? You you could be an agent who who's representing uh, somebody and say, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure that you, if you know, you'll pay 600,000 for this house and don't worry the I guess the sellers won't even see this other offer that came in. I don't, you know, it's you. I you can get away with anything. You can get away with murder if you, you know, if you if you're planning it properly. But no, we're not endorsing anything that Aaron know, says. I mean, yeah. there's 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 anything you can get away with. Um, the question is, is well, how do you stop that? I mean, do you really? Every industry is going to have the people that try and get away with stealing and get away with. And in this case, it's really it's a theft situation. You're 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 not you're taking away somebody's ability to purchase a property 
and giving it the ability for your only for your own benefit. It's it's just horrible, and and it's it's right up there with theft as far as I'm concerned. So, um, yeah, people might do it. Um, we just have to put measures in place, rules in place. If people break them, then we have to we have to raise the fines. They they suggested you know raise the fines. Well, okay, raise the fine, but what's twenty five thousand dollars when the person makes three million dollars a year in commissions? It's not a big. They get to take away licenses. They've got to, you know, people get fined for that. If they found out guilty, these people that were on the video, I mean, I would go as far as to take their license away. Like that is absolutely, you know, almost criminal what they're well, doing. That that does beg the question. I mean, we're, we're obviously not lawyers and can't comment on this uh, too greatly, but it's not just a, a breach of, you know, um, real estate ethics and responsibilities and rules, but they may be breaking the law here too, right? So is this something that maybe in the future that people might even pursue, say, criminal charges too? Because there's a lot of money involved here, right? Well, if it was a provable, yeah, if it was a provable offense and uh, and somebody lost out on their dream home and, uh, uh, you know, I could see, I could see people suing, absolutely. Yeah. But um, we have to understand in this, in this industry, I mean, any industry, you're going to have the bad apples. And a few, you know, can ruin the bunch and all the rest of it. Can Rico do a little more? Sure. A little more investigating is going to help. I think perception of investigating is important. You know, I don't think these agents would have done it if they knew that there was somebody out there that could be, um, you know, uh, looking into it, like uh, investigative wise. Like we used to have in the retail industry when I was in retail management, uh, mystery shoppers. Why can't we have mystery shoppers in, in real estate? You know, and if people always, you know, I could be the one who's mystery shopped here. Um, you're just, it's not worth losing your license over it if that was the offense. Well, now at least with CBC doing this, it's raised perception of it, our um, awareness, I guess, of the situation to agents too. So agents will likely be a bit more careful in these situations, I'd imagine, especially these six that got caught. Um, and I guess that that's a good a good point. Like you say that there's bad apples. I think the real thing that probably shocked, well, shocked me and probably shocked a lot of people was the fact that it was six out of 10 that they interviewed, that they caught. Now, I, I do want, again, like I cautioned in the intro, is that those were specifically targeted agents because they were identified as from by the CBC as being potentially, um, I, I want to say potentially corrupt, but they had a high percentage of double-ended deals in the book. So it looked a little fishy to begin with. So they, they were targeting agents that were in that specific kind of uh, genre. So it's probably not 60% of the agents that are doing this. I sure hope not. Um, there always are going to be those bad apples out there. Um, I imagine that number, if you if you could find out a, a true statistic somehow, would be a lot smaller. But it's still, it is still quite concerning. My, uh, I do, I do want to put a preface to this and, you know, and I talked about this in, a, in an office meeting today, and I see a lot of uh, uh, realtors on social media bringing up the subject, and and uh, I don't think social media is a place for it. I, I just want to caution some of the agents. Um, first of all, there was no other news news um, company that picked up on the story, so we didn't hear it across the board, which is a good sign for our industry that, um, you know what, yes, this was a bit of a, a, a sore spot in the industry, you know, a little black, black eye or whatnot, um, but let's try and minimize the media on this. And I, I say that in the sense that, you know, we're doing a spotlight <laughs> podcast on it today and I feel kind of, kind of like I'm, uh, going against my own advice, but I, I think it's important to talk about through the agents as to how to better, 
you know, uh, combat the professionalism in our business, make sure that we're on high professionals and all the rest of it. And to say that we, I think we do have a pro- professional uh, image in the industry, but, um, you know, to post, uh, the article online and say, Oh, these are horrible agents and, and, uh, I wouldn't do that and all this sort of stuff, or you're just bringing light to the fact that the industry, you know, uh, may have some bad apples. And I don't think that's a good idea. So, um, if you're out there and you, know, you see that you try not to share it, try not to get too much discussion going online in the open public, um, I think it, within the industries, I think it's okay. That being said, we were going to talk about this last week, but mm-hmm. again, Aaron just recently had his baby, so we missed last week. But I've noticed that it almost seems to have finished the news cycle as well. Like I'm not seeing a lot of news stories or a lot of follow-up stories on this. So it almost mm-hmm. seems like it is kind of pewtering out already. Um, that being said, it's it's still I think I think this story coming out is a good and a bad thing. Like it's it's bad because it, yes, it does tarnish representation. Sorry, the the reputation of real estate agents as a whole to a certain degree. But on the bright side, this will hopefully help root out this this potential issue and uh, make sure that agents take a bit more care and look over their shoulder a little bit more and think twice about violating any rules and regulations um, along the way, especially in these multiple representation situations. Yeah. So, Aaron, before we uh, close out the show, is there anything else you want to, like any advice you want to give on on this topic to any agents out there who I th- maybe 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 have done this in the past even too, right? I, listen, um, multiple offers alone are tough to run smoothly, to, to set it up, especially if you're representing the, uh, the seller, to set it up to make sure it's organized, uh, to make sure everybody's fair, uh, but also at the same time get top dollar for your your sellers. So look to office policy, look to the experts in the industry to teach you how to do it properly. Make sure you're organized and to run it efficiently and look and make sure you're not breaking any rules. Um, as soon as you throw in a multiple offer situation and put multiple representation involved, your, your, your risk doubles now. So you have to make sure you're super organized and super... Um, I guess uh, I, I would even I would even go as far as to say you know uh, um, uh, showing to all the agents and the I'm looking for the word but showing all the agents that are coming to the table exactly how you're handling it how you're making sure that it's going to be fair um, and uh, disclosing that to everybody so that you know you do have a good situation where it's uh, competitive and you get the highest amount for yourself so just be organized. And um, there's lots of tips and tricks with that within organizations and managers will teach it and all the rest of it. So listen to some of the experts in the industry. Um, yeah, I think that that's my my biggest suggestion is uh, just to be careful. And uh, uh, I, you know, I was uh, in a multiple offer situation this week um, managing the situation. And the, the popular thing now is people asking, well, what place am I in? You know, um, they're, they're always asking, well, what can I do to get the deal done? Tell me what I need to do to make it happen, all this sort of stuff, which is completely not unethical to ask, unethical to answer, though. So you say, listen, I can't I can't disclose that. Well, tell me what place I'm in. That's very popular right now. Tell me what place I'm in. So, OK, oh, well, I can do that. No, you can't. You shouldn't. You know, and it's not good for them to know what place they're in. If they're in first place, they're going to go, OK, well, we're in first place. Well, we'll just, you know, go up a little bit, not a lot. In price to an order, and then they come back to the table, and somebody's come up a lot. And now they're in fifth place. So you didn't do them as just a, a, a service either by telling them what place they were in. So things like that. Just 
I cannot disclose the contents of other offers. I can't disclose where you sit. You're getting an opportunity to improve your offer and that's it. So try and keep it organized, simple, and don't let somebody else try and um, get information from you that you shouldn't be given. Yeah, I guess whenever you're asked questions like that, the, the one thing you got to think of is the other party, would they benefit or be detracted from like if, if this if I give this information out and such. So, okay, so the, the big takeaway then, Aaron, is saying be organized, be transparent, I guess is kind of the word you're looking there for, That's too. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure that you're as fair as possible to both sides. And if you're doing the honest thing and not being sleazy like we caught six out of ten agents doing uh, on the CBC, uh, I think you'll be fine in the end. Is that is that a good summary, then? Perfect. That was good at that. <laughs> okay, so I guess we'll close the show up there. So if you like the show, subscribe to our show on Stitcher iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts online. And please don't forget to leave us a five-star review on those sites. You can watch this and past shows at spotlight.century21.ca slash podcast. If you need to reach us, you can email us anytime at podcast at homania.com. That's podcast at H-O-M as Mary, E-A-N as Nancy, I-A dot com. So this podcast was brought to you by the Spotlight Marketing Program an exclusive marketing package available only to Century 21 agents in Canada. Spotlight provides agents with a comprehensive internet marketing strategy for their listings. We provide high-quality HDR photography, stunning HD video tours, a cutting-edge responsive website, and an extensive advertising system that will help sell your listings faster, sell them for more money, impress your clients, and generate leads. Find out why so many top agents are using Spotlight by visiting spotlight.century21.ca today. Thanks again, Aaron. Good talking to you. Glad to have you back. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week.